Amen. <laughs> oh! Good. Well, come on, let's get our seats. Come on, let's just try to get our seats and uh, try to look at you. And we'll go from there. I want to. I want to go ahead and pray one more time. We want to ask the Lord to show up. Amen. We really want Him to come and to release His presence in our life. And I'm, I'm telling you, it just takes one word. One word energized by the Spirit can change your life. One phrase can change your life. And I, and I tell people often all the times that when, we, when, I'm, when I'm preaching, for encounter to take place, it has to be hunger in the pulpit and hunger in the, hunger in the, uh, the pew. And when those two meet together, there's an explosion. And there's a spirit of revelation that's released, but it's not just residing on one person in a room or one person standing up in a pulpit. It's when two people come together, you desperate for God, I'm desperate for God, and we share the word in that context, and He gives witness, and there's encounter that changes us. So my, my, I have a request of you this afternoon is that you would begin to even stir yourselves up in the Spirit. To lightly pray in the Spirit while I'm preaching. Begin to engage your own spirit with the Lord, asking Him, say, God, enlarge my heart, God. Give me the Spirit of revelation, Lord. Asking and throwing intimate prayers during the message. It's all one worship service to the Lord. Amen? For, and, 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 and like I tell a lot of people when I'm, when I'm teaching... You don't, don't try so hard to take notes because you got, might get frustrated. Get the CD because a lot of my messages aren't just taught, they're caught. And I want to see us catch some things and see an impartation of the Spirit released in this auditorium and see it released in all the breakout sessions, but see a, uh, an impartation of the Spirit released in this room that would change our lives and give us a vision for the rest of our days here on earth with the understanding of what we'll be doing forever. And that's beholding the beauty of the Lord, being filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord and releasing it into the earth forever. That is our calling and we want to, we want, we want to see an explosion take place. Amen? So I'm just gonna, I'll ask you, we're gonna pray here. We wanna ask the Lord to come. We wanna ask Him to release the spirit of burning upon us. Release the spirit of revelation upon us. And that the Lord will release light in this room. That the Lord will release truth in this room. He's called the Spirit of Truth, and He comes to guide us into all truth. He's coming to lead us into all truth, and truth is a man. His name is Jesus. And we want by the Spirit to be led into the revelation of truth itself, Jesus Christ. We want revelation, amen? So let's ask Him right now. Just open up your hands right now. just want you to repeat after me. Say, Father of glory. Say, Father of glory. Say, my Father in heaven, holy is your name. I ask you, in the presence of your angels, in the name of Jesus, for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation and the knowledge of Him, open up my eyes. Open up my eyes. God, I want to see. God, I want vision. I want vision. Strike my heart with the spirit of revelation. Tear down the lies. Send forth your truth. Awaken my heart. 
Awaken my heart, God. Revive me, God. Revive the church. Revive the world. Send revival. Release the knowledge of God. Release the spirit of revelation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, we cry out. And just ask Him right now. Say, Father of lights, shine your light. Let's just wait here for a second. Father of lights, shine your light. We ask You for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we might go back into some of this, okay? Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. I want to start there. That'll be our diving board this afternoon. And where we end up, no one knows. Father, we do ask you to come today, God. We just ask you for life-changing encounters today, God. We ask you, God, that you would release the power of deliverance at the preaching of the Word. God, I ask you to release, God, people. Set watchmen, God, I ask you today. Beloved, God's going to set end-time watchmen on the wall. An end-time prayer movement. And this end-time prayer movement is going to be rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God. The setting that's going to take place, the the establishing that's going to take place for the end-time prayer movement is a generation that is rooted and grounded in the revelation of God Himself. A generation that is rooted and grounded in the revelation of what He looks like, the revelation of what He's feeling, the revelation of what we look like to Him, and the revelation of what He is doing in this hour. And the Lord is, that is going to be the fuel for the end time prayer movement is going to be the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation is our greatest need of the hour. It is the most central need of the hour among all the issues that are, that are facing the church in this hour. None is as paramount. None is as primary. None is as at the top of the chain as getting the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of God. Nothing is. That is our greatest problem is that we do not know who God is. We do not know who He is. A.W. Tozer says in Knowledge of the Holy, he says, If all the problems of heaven and earth were to confront us at once, they would be nothing compared to the overwhelming problem that we have with God. Beloved, we truly do not know the God that we talk about, the God that we sing about, The God that we do our evangelistic outreaches in the name of. The God that we spend our whole lives with Him all around us. The very one that we proclaim. There is little, very small living reality, living revelation of who He is on the inside of us. Proverbs 4-7 says, In all of your getting, get understanding. In all of your getting... Generation. This is what Solomon is speaking to his son. Solomon is speaking to his son the same words that he heard from his father David. And he is saying if there's one thing you're going to give your life to, it would be getting an understanding heart. Getting a spirit of wisdom and getting a spirit of revelation on your life. Because I'm telling you that when the spirit of revelation begins to move in your life, when the spirit of revelation begins to move through the word and begins to move through the Spirit into your own heart, everything that you will do will flow out of that reality. 
I want to make it clear to you that that is the ultimate issue of the hour. That's the greatest problem of the hour that's facing the church. Bigger than our problems of abortion. Bigger than our problems of immorality and rape. And, and, and tons of the list of sins that we would call sin. Nothing is as central as a generation that knows their God. Of us going on the journey back into the knowledge of God. Of what He's truly like and what He's truly doing in this hour. I want to make you clear. I want you to feel that because I feel like in a lot of ways we're running to and fro. But there's little active, ongoing, ever increasing revelation of what He's like. And we must, in all of our getting, we must begin to make this the central issue. Because I'm telling you, God is raising up shepherds after His own heart. The Lord is raising up preachers and singers and intercessors and housewives and factory workers who are filled with the intimate knowledge of God on the inside of them. And they live like people from another age. I have people come to me often longing, saying, how do I begin to even get my prayer life started? Do you want to get your prayer life started? You want to get fire on your prayer life? You want to get fire in different areas of your life? I want to tell you right now, it's by power and authority and prayer comes when we begin to connect who we're talking to. When it begins to connect with you by the spirit of revelation, who God is, His heart towards us, and what you look like to Him, when that connects with you, you become the most powerful person in the earth. When that connects with you. That right there is the seedbed of the prayer movement. Do you know that? The disciples come to Jesus in Luke 11 and then what they say? They said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They saw all of Jesus' miracles, all of His healings, all of His deliverances. And yet somehow by revelation, I suppose, they summed up all of Jesus' life to the connection, to the place of prayer that he had with the Father. That that was the centermost piece of his life from which the deliverance flowed, from which the healings flowed, from which those sermons flowed, from which the power flowed. There was something deeper going on in Jesus' life that was even more important than the deliverance ministry. It was his connection with heaven. It was the spirit of revelation concerning his father in heaven. And Jesus is saying, let me introduce you to someone. Do you want to know how to pray? Who in here wants to see a revival in your prayer life? Individually, corporately. Well, then we've got to follow Jesus' ways, amen? What did Jesus say? And I want to tell you, this is more than something we just pray with our kids before we go to bed. And something more than a football game. He takes them. He says, okay, do you want to get a prayer life? Do you want to get authority in prayer? Do you want to get it? Well, let me take you right to the throne. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be His name. This is what Jesus is saying in His his response in Luke 11. This is what He's saying. More important than what you're asking from God, more important than what you're asking, is to whom you're asking it. That is actually a greater issue than the asking of things from Him because you will automatically ask and live in a realm when you understand who you're dealing with. And I can just picture Jesus. He smiles and He says, Oh guys, let me introduce you to someone. You have a Father in Heaven. 
Holy is His name. Who in here has ever read Revelation 4? When John's taken up in the Spirit, he says, Immediately I was up in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven. And one set on a throne like a jasper stone, like a sardius stone. There was an emerald rainbow surrounding the throne. And around the throne were 24 thrones, which were 24 elders. They were robed and crowned and throned on these robes and, 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 and on these thrones. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Oh my. I always think of Wizard of Oz when I see that. Lightnings and thunderings and voices. Oh my. And he sees these lightnings and thunderings and voices coming out of God himself. Proceeding out of God Himself. He's seeing seven lamps of fire that are burning around the throne. John gets caught up looking at these weird looking creatures and they have eyes around and within. I mean, think about these creatures with eyes right there in their armpits. Just eyes. Eyes everywhere. John's getting caught up in this spirit of revelation and he's beholding God and he sees these creatures who do not rest day or night saying, Holy, holy, holy. It's because their eyes are full of the revelation of God Himself. And that is sourcing the not resting. They don't rest because God's revelation does not end. And I'm I'm convinced with all of my heart that Jesus is thinking Revelation 4 when He says, Our Father in Heaven. I want to tell you it's more exciting than that little bedtime prayer you pray. Jesus is lost in another realm and He's saying, because this is what Paul's praying here in Ephesians 1. What's he saying? Father of glory. Everybody say, Father of glory. Now say it again. Father of glory. James calls him the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. The Father of lights. Everybody say, Father of lights. Now, now y'all just walk with me here for a little bit. I want you to see this. The writer of Hebrews calls him the Father of spirits. Everybody say, Father of spirits. And Jesus calls him our Father in heaven. Jesus is picturing this reality of God sitting high and lofty on his throne. Isaiah 57, he calls him the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. His name is holy. Psalms 104 says he wraps himself with light as with a garment. That he is the God of lights. He is the God of brilliance. He's the God of radiance who fills the eternal city. He's the God who shines. He's the God who blows our minds. Moses says, who is like you among the gods? Fearful in praises, glorious in holiness. Glorious in holiness. Who is like God among all the other gods? And beloved, this is the testimony from Genesis to Revelation is, do you know God? Do you know what He's like? Have you seen Him? His throne is from old. It's from everlasting. And the church in this hour, beloved, we need revival. Amen? We need a revival. You know what revival is? You know where revival begins? Revival begins with you. Revival begins with Corey Russell. Begins with me connecting with the God that I talk about, the God that I sing about, the God that I do a million things in the name of. When it connects with me that He is alive... And that He is real. And that He is doing something in this hour. And that when that begins to flood on the inside of me, I come alive and and revival begins. We have to begin to take this from some abstract thing out there to a revival on the inside of us. 
to light breaking in on the inside of us and us beginning getting to contact with the knowledge of God. This is the central out, this is the central issue of the hour. What do you think? And I, I'm longing because I believe there's, we're, raise your hand if you're preachers and singers and musicians in here. Raise your hand. I'm convinced with all of my heart that God is raising up a new breed. God's raising up a breed that is going to preach on the knowledge of God. We don't need, I love it and I appreciate it, but guys, it's time that we make room for this kind of stuff. Uh, we don't need just four more steps to a better marriage, three more steps to better children, two more steps to better finances. We don't need just a few more techniques to whatever series you need. Beloved, it's time that the true preaching of the knowledge of God and true singing on God and true music on God begins to go forth. I tell you, the rest of your life comes into alignment. It comes into alignment. Things begin to get settled when you begin to come into contact with the God that you serve. I'm desperate to hear songs of God. My dream is to preach for 45 minutes or an hour just declaring the greatness of God. David says, I will declare the greatness of God. Oh, it's time for singers to begin to sing from the mount of divine vision. A generation that has actually come up with him in the spirit. I love knowledge of the holy and in it. He says, let's think about this. What would happen, okay, I'm doing this session and then tonight... We, though Alan's going to be here, but let's just say Alan realized that one of the seraphim is going to show up and preach to us tonight. One of those angels that are around his throne with eyes around and within, they're going to show up in here and preach tonight. Who would be excited? Who would show up? This is what A.W. Tozer says. He says, he says, what if one of those burning creatures who have gladly spent their centuries surrounding the throne of God, says, what would it be like if they were to show up in our pulpit? And what would they talk about if they were to preach? Huh? What would these creatures talk about? They would talk about the glory of God. They would talk about God. They would fill us with rapturous descriptions of the Godhead. They would stun us with the majesty of the Creator. With the humility of the Redeemer. Of the power of the Holy Spirit, we would be lost in the Godhead, worshiping God, adoring God, magnifying God. Oh, they would charm and fascinate the hearers with rapturous descriptions of the Godhead. And this is what A.W. says, and he just lays the blow to us all. And he says, and would we not, after hearing these dudes talk about God, would we not demand of those who speak to us from this pulpit... Speak to us from the mount of divine vision or remain silent altogether. Either speak to us from that which you've seen and heard or don't say anything at all. Beloved, we have gone so long without the spirit of revelation. We've gone so long without the knowledge of God that we just think this is business as usual. But I want to tell you, revival is getting back to the way things used to be. Revival is not out with the old and in with the new. Revival is out with the old and in with the even older. The Bible. That is revival. And we need to get back to what our fathers knew. Of what Abraham knew. What caused Abraham to forsake all of his family, all of his house, take his family and leave? What did he see? He saw a city whose builder and maker was God. 
The spirit of revelation touched him and the rest of his life was made whole. It was made right from that moment on. He encountered something. And beloved, we've gone so long without encountering God in the secret place and just spitting back sermons we heard from a couple of cool people. We can't go on that anymore. I want to tell you, all of you in this room, I don't care how jacked up you are, how bad your past was, how good your past was, how bad your week's been or how good your week's been, your calling is to know God. Your calling is to search Him out. You were made in His image. You were made in His likeness. You're the only creature made with the faculties and the capacities to relate with the uncreated God. No other creature has those abilities. No angel has those capabilities. God formed you for Himself so that through touching Him, you would function correctly. Dominion would flow correctly. We've tried to achieve dominion outside of intimacy. We've tried to achieve dominion, taking authority, doing all these things outside of connection with the one who owns the heavens and the earth. And this is our, this is the call in this hour is for a generation shepherds according to his own heart who will feed a generation on God. Not going to feed you on Corey Russell Ministries or anybody else's ministry. It's the hour to hear of God. It's the hour to hear of what he's like. How beautiful He is. Oh, sing, singers, in the beauty of holiness. Singers who will sing in the beauty of holiness. Preachers who would preach from the mount of divine vision. Preachers who would preach from the mount of divine vision. Are we seeing in this hour? Is the spirit of revelation alive in your life? This is the greatest hour. And Paul is urgently praying for this church. Oh, that the Father of glory would give the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And that your eyes would be opened. I want to be a burning one, don't you? I want to burn. Do you want to know how you burn, generation? You touch the burning God. We are cold, dry, crusty at our best. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him from heaven. And beloved, our posture doesn't need to be, well, I've got a good personality, i got a little bit of anointing, so let's start up something. Beloved, I want to tell you the posture in this hour is we need to begin to posture ourselves before the Lord and say, God, set me on fire with your very own heart. Give me the spirit of revelation. Awaken my heart to know you deeply. This is our cry in this hour. And I tell you, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Beloved, if we would but ask for the Holy Spirit, God the Father, our generous Father, our compassionate Father, our all-powerful Father, will unleash the fullness of His Spirit and will fill us and make us burning ones. Those seraphim, those creatures around the throne, their literal name means the burning ones. John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp, wasn't he? I want to tell you, we're going to get on fire. We're going to get on fire. God's going to set us on fire by causing the Word of God through the Spirit coming alive in us. Living in us. Each word in this Bible contains the DNA of God. It contains the life of God. It contains the knowledge of God. Beloved, I want to tell you right now, we have so many confessions. There's two confessions that I want to dismantle this afternoon. 
The first one is, everybody says God is boring. No, I'm not telling you to say that. This is the two confessions. Please don't say that. It's God is boring and the Bible's boring. Hasn't that been your, most of our secret confessions for years? I tell people all the time, God isn't boring, you're boring. I want to tell you right now, the Bible isn't boring, you're boring. We are so dull, we are so bored, we are so lifeless, and we have lived so long in this way, that I'm telling you, God is calling us back to connection with God Because I want to tell you, He will stun you more than Hollywood. He will blow your mind more than a video game. He will take you to heights, stun you, and leave you undone for days just because. I'm serious. He'll leave you weeping and you don't even know why you're weeping. You're just weeping. You're just crying. He's losing his mind. No, he's actually finding his mind. I mean, beloved... I want to tell you right now, when you start to think that newest Hollywood flick is more exciting than Genesis 1, you need revival. In the beginning, God? Oh my goodness, if He's there in the beginning, then when was God's beginning? See you later, my friends. (laughs) Go on the bunny trail where it never ends. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I declare the end from the beginning. I am unlike all your other gods, Isaiah cries out. He says, let's go ahead and bring up all your little idols and let me declare to you the God of Jacob. He is the first and the last. He declares the end from the beginning. Who is like me among the gods? Who measures the heavens with the span of his hand? Who measures all the islands in the palm of his hand? Who, Who taught God justice? Who taught God Knowledge, to what class did God go to to learn about justice? No one. All the nations are but a drop in the bucket. All the inhabitants are like grasshoppers. God keeps punching them. Whom will you liken me? To whom then will you compare me to? I'm unlike all the other idols of the day. I am alive. All the other gods, they have eyes but they can't see. They have ears but they can't hear. I am the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, the Mighty One of Jacob. I am holy. I am unlike every other God. I am awesome. He is the Holy One of Israel. He's the Mighty One of Jacob. He's the portion of Jacob. He is fearful. He is glorious in praises. And beloved, we need to get reacquainted. We need revival. And revival isn't a few more people falling down in our meetings. We'll take it. I love it. Beloved, we need a revival. God is alive. God is one pent up revival ready to explode in you. God's always been revival. God is revival. We got to get connected to revival. Oh, we need it in this hour. We need a generation. I don't even know what I was talking about. Isaiah 40. We'll go back there and we'll see what we find. Oh, talk about boredom. Genesis 1. I don't, that's just kind of boring to God who speaks and everything is. I've already know that one. We secretly think we know that, and that very secret notion that you think you know it is the very indictment that you don't know it at all. If you think you know it, you don't know it. The people who actually are touching a little bit are, I don't know anything. If you're saying that, you're in good ground. I don't know anything. Good. Has anybody ever read the book of Job? What does God do by the end of Job? He asked Job 110 questions. 
bang. Where were you, Job? Went bang. Where were you, Job? Went bang. He says, prepare yourself like a man and I'm going to question you, Job. He shows up in the whirlwind and he begins to unpack the knowledge of God. Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? I am the creator of the ends of the earth. I do what I please. I do what I please. I am living. And when I speak, it is right. And by the time God's done with Job, he says, I've heard of you by the hearing of ear, but now my eyes have seen you. I am... He puts his hand, he goes, I'm going to put my hand to the, put my head to the dust and my hand over my mouth and I'm just going to get jacked up. We need revival. Has anybody ever, in here ever read Ezekiel 1? Okay. Now you ask yourself this, Ezekiel 1, in Ezekiel 1, he sees visions of God. He sees, he's in Babylon, Ezekiel is, and he sees visions of God. He sees a whirlwind coming out of the north. He sees these living creatures, those burning ones, shooting back and forth in between the cloud. He sees a firmament. He sees a throne. He sees a man on the throne from his waist up on fire, from his waist down on fire. He has these encounters with the Lord where the Lord makes him eat a scroll. It's just wild. Read it. You'll love it. By the time the Lord is done with Ezekiel, it says he sat by the river Kabar seven days astonished. Everybody say astonished. For seven days, he's like this. I didn't say 10 seconds. I said seven days. Ezekiel, man, what are you seeing? Whirlwind. Has that ever happened to you? Beloved, we need to begin to get poised because God is opening the heavens. God is going to open the heavens over this generation. Your young men will see visions. Beloved, your old men will dream dreams. There is going to come a prophetic anointing, not just talking about boats and coats. I'm talking about creative power that shifts whole regions. I'm talking about the shifting of regions. I'm talking about creative authority that changes, that speaks to paralytics and calls them out of their wheelchairs. I'm talking about power breaking in, beloved. We are moving into an hour of the outpouring of the Spirit. We need to begin to get poised into what is reality. What is reality? God is reality. And we need to get a touch of reality. We need to begin to get awakened. I don't know you like I thought I know you. God, I want to know you. Jesus defined this. This is eternal life. That they may know you. He didn't define it by something that happens after you die. He defines it as a quality of experience that is found when we touch God. That is eternal life. That's when you come alive. That's when you begin to touch eternity. Is when you begin to understand the only true God. I believe with all of my heart that the Lord is raising up a generation that is going to begin to go after the knowledge of God. We're going to see it happen. The knowledge of God, the revelation of God, the revelation of the Father, the revelation of the Son. God in the fullness of time becoming a man. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. He who is in the bosom has declared Him to us. Jesus' one mission was to come and say, this is what He's like. Came to declare His name, to manifest His glory. Jesus dies, resurrected, ascends on high, and gives us the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit Why did He give us the Holy Spirit? 
He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we might be led on a guided journey into the knowledge of God. You were given the Spirit the day you said yes to Jesus. You received the Spirit and you became a new creature. And that was for the purpose of leading you into the journey of knowing God. Jesus says in John 16, I have many things to tell you, but I can't tell you now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will take of of what is mine and He will declare it to you. He will guide you into all truth. 1 Corinthians 2 says, Eyes not seen, ears not heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things. Everybody say things. Do a word search on things. It's crazy. The things which God has prepared for those that love Him. But... We have received it by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. It says, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit who is from the world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God. Why have we received the Spirit who is from God? So that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God, which is Himself. Those things are Himself. It's the revelations of His heart, the revelations of His passion, the revelation of what He looks like, of what He's doing, of what He's feeling, of what He wants to bring you into, the knowledge of His heart. He wants you to know it. And He has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness through His Spirit so that you would begin to engage the Holy Spirit. Beloved, we've been given it. We talk about the Holy Spirit, but beloved, we must learn how to engage the Spirit of Revelation. How do we practically begin to activate and engage the Spirit that will take us on a guided tour into the deep things of God? Isn't that a good question? We've caught the vision. We want it. We we, we love it. But how do we engage the Spirit of Revelation? Proverbs 2. This is in my book. I go into it a lot more deeper than that. I'm going to give you bullet points because I want to get to one last thing and we've got to have a ministry time. Proverbs 2. It says this, he goes, my son, he gives us three massive ifs, and then he gives us a then. He goes, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. You seek her as silver and you search for her as for hidden treasure. Then, everybody say then. You will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. There it is. Solomon is making it clear that if we give ourselves to three lifestyle realities, meditation in the Word. Beloved, we need to unlearn everything that we think we know so we can know something again. We need a revival in the Bible. I believe the Lord is going to break off seasons of having a tough time in the Word. The Lord's going to touch you this afternoon and is going to shift your season in the Word of God. It, a life of meditation and intimacy with the Word of God. The second thing is a life of intercession, the crying out and the lifting up of our voice for the spirit of revelation. And the third thing is the fasted lifestyle, going after it like a hidden treasure. Beloved, the kingdom of God is like a hidden treasure. The glory of God is to conceal a matter. It's the glory of a king to search it out. We were made to search after this thing, to go after it. Because God is after drawing us in and as we give ourselves to it, he changes us. And one of the most powerful ways that I have found of engaging the Holy Spirit in the last season, I've done it for the last six, seven years, but I have felt a a burden of it this last season, is praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, in a devotional language. Beloved, the thing that we talk the most about, the thing that we tell everybody about, is the thing we do the least of. 
And that is on, and I, I cannot get over it that Paul says boldly by the end of 1 Corinthians 14, I pray with tongues more than you all. Meaning he made a bold statement that this was a secret, hidden reality of his life. And beloved, I do not think it's a coincidence that the man who walked in the greatest amount of revelation was the man that spoke with tongues more than anybody else. It says in 1 Corinthians 14 that when a man or a woman speaks with their tongue, they speak mysteries in the Spirit. The very mysteries of God, the very revelations of God's self, of God's heart, of what God's doing is filling us up and we are being brought into the mind of Christ, into the mind of the Spirit. It says that when we pray with our tongue that we build up our inner man. It's like inside, it's spiritual weightlifting. That we edify ourselves, we build up ourselves. That we have an anointing that abides within us, that teaches us all things. That we call forth teaching, we call forth revelation, we call forth warfare. The last part of the armor of God in Ephesians 6 is praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's time for a generation to get filled with the knowledge of God. Amen? He's given us everything. Beloved, I want to say all across this board, you've been washed by the blood of Jesus. You've been given access into places which angels desire to look into. You've been robed with the very robes of righteousness. You've been seated on a throne with His Son in heavenly places. Beloved, you've been crowned. You have been brought into the family. You don't have to fight to get there. You are there and your calling, your number one calling in this life before you do anything is engaging and is growing in the spirit of the revelation of the knowledge of God. Growing in the spirit of revelation. Cultivating the spirit of revelation. Engaging the spirit of revelation. Active talking, engaging, dialoguing with the spirit of revelation. Amen? Let's ask Him to come. Father, we just ask You to come right now. I want you to invite you, but whatever you want to do, if you want to stand, we want to take some time and ask Him to come. Holy Spirit, we invite Your presence. And I believe right now, well, let's just sit down. Everybody sit down. Unless you're just really on fire. If, you, if this has been your testimony that the Bible has been boring and there's been no life in it, I want you to stand up. The Lord wants to touch you right now. You've had on and off struggles with the Word of God for years. Bless you. Bless you. The Lord is going to release a revival. The Lord's going to release a revival in the Word of God. The spirit of revelation is contained as we begin to talk to God around His Word. And I believe right now, just open up your hands, and I want to ask Him to touch you right now. Let's just put it on real lightly, on number three of, of, of ancient past. Just put it on number three. I just want to pray for you right now, and just begin to believe. He says, we want to ask with faith in our hearts that in a moment, a season can begin to change. And we got to cultivate it, it's boring, it's tough, but we are going to make a vow, and we're going to have a, 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 a settledness on the inside of us saying, you were not made to live with the Bible being boring to your heart. You were made to be alive on the inside for the Word to move you, for the Word to touch you, for the Word to begin to enlighten your path. God, I ask you all over this room right now for the spirit of revelation in the Word of God. I take authority over every lie that says that this is your portion, is that the Bible is boring and that you'll never have any life in God, in the Word of God. 
I declare it over every person in this room right now. I break those word curses. I break the lies of the devil. And I call forth a revival in the Word of God. Psalm 119 is the revival passage. Revive me according to your Word, God. Revive me according to your Word. Wake me up, God. Beloved, we need an awakening. And the awakening comes through the Word of God shining in our hearts. Let's just turn it up a little bit. Come Holy Spirit. Now begin to ask Him.